My name is Matt Brown. Unbelievable! Woo! Let's start the show! When the moon is in the seventh house And Jupiter lines with Mars Then peace will guide the planets And love will steer the stars This is the dawning of the age of Aquarius The age of Now that I say, hey, hey, what a wonderful kind of day, where the host of the production conversations has a lot to say, and we really do have to work and play with each other because this is the Productive Conversations podcast, and I am the host, Matthew Brown, aka Matt Brown. What's going on, everybody? I hope everybody is doing great on this Thursday afternoon. On our regularly scheduled releasing of the podcast, it is... Thursday, November 19th, 2020, a week from Thanksgiving, and I want to say hello, everybody. How are we doing today? Because I am certainly dandy and feeling good. So, I'm feeling this way because I have, seriously, one of the best buddies I have in this world, and he literally lives on the other side of the country. I have the Daniel, a.k.a. Danny Lynch, on the show today. I met Danny when we were former interns at SiriusXM Radio, and we have stayed in touch ever since. Seriously, what a freaking guy. I have nothing but amazing things to say. One of my favorite people to keep in touch with through our DMs, whether it's about the Giants, whether it's about random shows, whether it's about our homeboy and hero, Howard Stern. This is seriously one of the coolest guys ever. I mean, he makes these these cool of cool people just go in the shadows. He has like the charisma and swagger like Barack Obama to the suave nature of James Bond to the cool attitude as some of the best stand-up comedians around. This is my guy, Danny Lynch. Seriously, I cannot say more great things about him and when he said he's when he said i could he will come on the show i literally jumped for joy because like i said this guy's just simply the fucking man seriously and let me just show you guys how awesome he is so here it is my productive conversation with the truly legendary the man the myth the legend here he is danny lynch This is a great one. This is a special one. I got my guy, Danny Lynch, on the Productive Conversations podcast. Guy I've known for a long time. Honestly, like no bullshit. One of my favorite people in the world. I'm so glad, even though we interned at SiriusXM five years ago, mm-hmm. he's kept in touch ever since. And um, man, I just, I love this dude. He's the man. And I'm so glad to have him on the podcast today. How you doing, Danny? 
I love you too, Maddie. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a weird guy. Like I really haven't connected with a lot of people like from work and shit like that. Even mm-hmm. people who I currently work with and like me and you just kept it real since damn, we were in like the back of Sirius XM, oh just like God. grinding, like it was something like, Oh, we made it here again. <laughs> like, yeah, dude. And we were just young and just like grinding at that time. And it's like, you know, you, you, you forget, it's a really important part of your life. Right. When you're, when you're just like running through that shit and be like, damn, this is what's good. Um, and then, yeah. And then this turns out to this and so now we're talking on your podcast, man. I'm happy to be here, man. Happy to see you. You've been yeah. grinding. I love the back wall too. Like oh, everything on it. Yeah. You've been putting it up, man. So I see you grinding, bro. And, and I'm, I'm happy trying to, to make here. this as authentic, as cool as possible, you know, uh-huh. for what I have, I just put on my podcast. Of course, can't forget how. Obviously man. King, the mm-hmm. King, of course. Is that Wendy up there too? No, wait, wait who's next to Rogan? Wait, who's I got next? Joey oh, Diaz, I'm bro. I'm sorry. On Zoom, it looks like Wendy. <laughs> oh, man. I need to have Wendy up on here. He's a Miro. Joey's the man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mark Marin here, legends, Conan. Dog. Mike and the Mad Dog. Joe and Evan's funny. They're probably, um, I don't know if you heard with WFAN, they're going to announce a new show tomorrow. I think uh, yeah. Joe Beningo's gone and Craig Cardin's in. Yeah, I mean, have you? Did you see the uh, the documentary on uh, Carton? I did, man. I thought it was really good, actually. I uh, really sympathetic. <laughs> It it, it 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 really captured like it's it, radio is such a hard thing to capture on on video. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I mean people have done it well. Obviously, you know the podcasting and all that type of stuff is translated well to live streaming and stuff like that. But like, you can never capture of like actually what's going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. on camera really well. It's 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 a weird industry. It's it's an industry that you have to like literally experience to like understand like like what's actually happening while people are talking on live national radio and like Absolutely. the whole jargon and the whole culture of it. Um, and that documentary did a really good job of just being like, you know, what, what people hear and what people see are like two completely different things. Um, and I loved it, especially being in sports radio. I mean, damn, dude, like, like it just captured just like the, the awkwardness, the intensity, the fun, the stressfulness of just being on radio, especially in New York. So, right. yeah, man. And it, yeah, it, it, it was just really awesome. And I've worked with a couple of those guys, Al Dukes. Um, and, and, you know, like, Al Al, it was so authentic. It was just so authentic. So, yeah, I recommend Eddie, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I, rec- I recommend anyone in media just to watch that, especially if you live in the New York area. Like, it's just a, it's a legendary story of just how that guy got through like 10, 15 years of his life. Yeah, and it, it showed too that, you know, not everybody's perfect. You know, yeah. People do make mistakes. I think this is a great, that was a great documentary to show the importance of the choices you make, how they really mm-hmm. do affect long-term. Just greed. And, and if you greed. get, if you get the chance to really redeem yourself, hold on tightly. And it mm-hmm. seems that with the, uh, with Craig getting a second chance with that. And I support him. I liked Craig. I think we definitely talked about it when he, when we heard about him getting a lot arrested at first and the bombshell that went. Yeah. I mean, boomers is a good guy. I spent a little bit of time there at WFA and too. So, you know, I, I was there for like, I don't know, eight months and you know, it, it, it was after all that shit went down. Oh, um, so, you know, the vibes of that place were like, whoa, how are we? And they, they, they did survive. They, they always somehow do. They, they always, so they had their loyal listeners and you know, obviously they're in New York. 
so they're going to have a market no matter what. But this is going to be good for them. I mean, yeah. you know, they were never the same. I shouldn't say they you know, necessarily failed, but they were never the same. And this guy's going to bring back another spark. I mean, people are going to turn on the radios, and that's what the guy does. You know, he has that ability. There's only a couple people who have that, and, and, and he's one of them. And WFA needs that. They've had quite a few years. First, you have Mike Francis to leave. And <laughs> yeah. then the failure CMB, that didn't work out. He comes back. And the whole app thing that, um, you know, yeah. mixed reviews on how that all fell down. Then he leaves afternoon drive. Joe and Evan step in. And I like Joe and Evan a lot, yeah. but I understand they really don't have that really spark. And Michael Kay's and ESPN took over. And now with it seems that the rumors are true that it will be Evan and Craig Carton. And I think there is a good mix because Evan knows everything about sports, every little detail. He has a good pop culture mind too. And Craig also with his with his jargon coming back and he clearly knows how to entertain and i think it'll be a good thing that they need and uh yeah do you think this could be, do you think it's gonna be like a weird struggle i mean obviously craig's gonna be the first chair <laughs> but like you know it, it's not like it's not like having boomer who's just like a second voice who like will chime in you know i, I think it's gonna be more of a challenge dynamic which is gonna be interesting to see how that's gonna play out um in audio form um you know tv aspect that i think that will survive i mean no matter what you, you have those two guys on they're gonna be entertaining but like how it's actually gonna sound to you know close closed eyes open ears it's it's gonna be interesting so hey I, again, they're the they're the kings. They're they're an interesting place for sure. As you mentioned, they seem to really have not fallen completely on the wayside, <laughs> and whether that is from the loyal listeners, and then just also being in one of the biggest markets, and like that is it is interesting to see that because. Evan and Craig are so different. It's literally mm-hmm. hot and cold coming together. Yeah. And well, I mean, they said that about they said that about Mike and the Mad Dog. How is that going to work? And you know, plenty yeah. of our radio guys we looked up to, men and women. It's always been questionable and interesting. Even like, you know, like the chicks in the office at Barstool, they didn't <laughs> yeah. think that was going to last. And look, look what they um were able to pull off. I know it's kind of been rocky a little bit with the suit man and stuff, but uh, yeah, it it shows that. You know, sometimes maybe you really need to weigh out their things to come together. Opposites attract for a reason, right? Yeah, no, I think it's a classic, you know, odd couple, you know, Mm -hmm. theme that has always been in media since like the 60s and 70s, literally with the show The Odd Couple. So, um you know, that that's always going to last. That's just a trend that, you know, people like hearing, you know, polar opposites talking to each other and kind of, you know, basing, you know, one side's opinion to the exact, you know, opposite side opinion and then having that clash because no matter what, I mean, entertainment has just become like another just form of, of just people who want to see conflict in any single form and, and be a voyeur to it, you know? Um, and if you have that magic sauce and that formula and that sexy appeal, mm. um, it's it's as easy as that, but they will you come. Know, it, it, it has to come. It doesn't just come overnight. You know, I think a lot of people when they see or listen to hear podcasts or live streams or anything like that, um, 
you know, it, everyone's like, oh, I could do that. Like, no, but there's there's a lot of things around it that did get, that got people to that point, um, that yeah. got people those hours, that got people um, to do things that you you would never want to do. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's just the part of the game. And if you're not willing to do that, then it's not for you. So um, it's not as easy as it looks for sure. Um and there's a lot of things behind this, the scenes and, and the way that people study and the way that people prepare that, you know, and you have to do in order for it to sound good because if it doesn't, it's so, it's so noticeable. It's so noticeable and it's so heartbreaking when you're like, damn, this is where I'm at. So, yeah. Even when you just hear having a boring conversation with someone, that's sticks out like a sore thumb especially when it comes to bad radio and um, not as good podcasts you really do need to have that niche be comfortable with it don't be afraid be your biggest fan and i and yeah you know doing the first few podcasts there were some growing pains and i still have lots and lots to learn you know you know the littlest things you know try and operate a soundboard at the same time while doing this editing editing audio takes a longer than expected yeah. the, only, the only benefit it's edit- really tedious yeah it's really the, tedious the only ed- benefit of editing audio is it exports faster but that's really yeah it. <laughs> pretty much yeah and like as i was saying it's it's tedious you're going back and forth and hearing like literally let's just pretend like you had to edit that last like what f- 10 seconds of audio mm-hmm. like going back and forth back, back. Back, back, wait, wait, I want to slice it here. Like, that <laughs> shit gets that. Like, if you don't have headphones on and other people are, are hearing you do work, like, that's the one thing I hated. At, I, oh, okay, there's a couple benefits of like working from home and, sh- and shit like that, but like, mm-hmm. the one thing is like, some it, you can't really tell people, like, could you put headphones in? Like, because some people don't want it, you know what I mean? It's like right. a working environment, so you gotta like, but like, you know, the most annoying thing I ever is like when people are editing out loud and you're like, cause it's, it's, it's the, and you're like, I don't need to hear that shit right now, you know? And then like, so it's, it's really crazy. And, but it's, you know, the thing about audio editing is once you understand your program and once you get it down and you could, you know, it's just like any, anything, right. Like learning how to do any type of application on a computer, it just takes two seconds, but, and it becomes easier, but yeah, at first it's not, it's, it's hard to understand. It's hard to understand what it's going to sound like on other speakers. Um, Yep. So that's what you always have to think into. But yeah, I mean, we still edit every single day. That's probably like the most grunt work that we have that I still do on the, since I was an intern on day one till mm-hmm. right now. Got to get those KBS numbers to a certain level. Uh-huh. So it has that. You got to get your... Bring that to DB to minus three. <laughs> <laughs> Easily. And then just also editing ums and then breaths and then yeah. the littlest things you didn't even notice. And it really does sound gross after giving every little thing, but yeah, I, I man, when we were interning together, I would do a couple of days in the newsroom, and that I mean, that is when you want to talk about grunt work about being in media, it's all about the mm-hmm. newsroom cut guys. Like, those guys are like the unsung heroes of just like news TV oh, or yeah. radio. These guys literally sit in a box with like 45 TVs around them and they're just paying attention. They're not having any conversations uh, and they're just paying attention to this. Okay. Grab that one on like TV a one. And all of a sudden you just record it. And then you're just sitting there editing for eight hours. This is what mm-hmm. these guys do. Like, 
And it's so valuable because if you don't have it, like you can't put on a show, you need to be up fast, everything. And like the way our system works, it's incredible. It's just the worst job ever. Like you're sitting there, bro, all day long. You have no sunlight. No one respects you. No one knows who you are. You're just a quiet guy there and you're making it shit happen. And, 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 you know, that's a lot of things. I think people need to like, just realize being in media, like you have to start those positions. Like that's really the only way it's, it's so cliche. It's so whatever. I start from the bottom, but, but like, that's mm-hmm. really how it works. You know, like there's very few and far people who jump into media and are on talent. Like it's, it's almost impossible. Someone, everyone's gotten their weird start somewhere, but like, that's how I got my shit was just being a grunt man, like just like sitting there for eight hours and just labeling shit and earning your, key, yeah, man. doing earning your key, tedious, man. tedious runs. You really have respect to gain because one of the unique things about our industry, when it comes to, you know, education for training, really anybody, I'm not saying this this industry is not for anybody, but it's something that you could really pick up somewhat easily. You know, you don't have to be a doctor. You don't have to be like a doctor, go to school for seven years, extra years yeah. or stuff like that. You really just have to have a drive and be okay with rejection. You have to be okay with doing the dumbest, tedious things and not take it personally because there's an insanely yeah. great payoff because there's so much competition with it. And because there's so much competition, you have to prove to those superiors that I am going to be ready to uphold myself in this high, highly intense, very fast environment. And as long as you're not in fear, as long as you know what's coming up and also have a grasp of what time is because you could be working, you know, God awful shifts. You could be working 12, 18 hour days, but if you can really keep up with every little thing that's thrown at you, you can make it. So, yeah, and 100%. it's it, it's it, it it may be easy to get in, but it's hard to stay in. I'll say that. No, I I I think there there's a lot of truth behind all of that stuff, and you know another thing too is it doesn't even matter if you're in media or if you're an accountant or um, if you're working at a grocery store, right? Like a lot of things I think that people don't realize, and especially our generation, we kind of got little screwed over like this but like a lot a lot of us have gotten like a lot of second chances right yes um in school taking a test over uh messing (laughs) up i whatever you name it a lot of people have gotten second chance right right like shit like that like we're like damn and you kind of become accustomed to that and once you get into the real world world uh, um world of work and you have responsibilities and there's a 45 year old and 50 year old man whose paycheck depends on you to get something right and you mess up um there really sometimes are no second chances and mm. that can be really eye-opening to people um i've very seen cutthroat. it happen um it's very cutthroat and you know it, <laughs> i think growing up we were a little bit patty caked and and you know once once that first first happens to you you're like god damn whoa um, so you, you, like you said, rejection is a big part of uh, just being a media, like either just rejection of like the show that you produced that day. And you're going to get a guy on Twitter. Who's like, that was a horrible taker. That was one of the most boring. Shows. Like, 
that happens a lot. It happens to the best. And, you know, you just have to kind of ignore it and just go to the next day um, and, and, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But that that's another part of the job, too, is, you know, having the public judge you um, and being, you know, available on Twitter uh, and, and all that type of stuff, especially with sports fans. Like, Absolutely. you say one thing about their team, it's really personal <laughs> to them. And I'm like, my man, I'm in Los just I can care less about what's going on in Springwater, Oklahoma. <laughs> talking about like if I said the Cowboys are gonna lose this week, like so that's another part of the job. It, no, it's not, man. You know, like it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like those people so, getting pissed. That's not funny. You're wrong. I hate you. And you know, and then when you see people who like <laughs> I heard on this this podcast once, like with just the ridiculous internet comments, if Mother Teresa had an Instagram, right, and she's posting. Like the fourth comment be you're a whore, and like, bruh, these these people <laughs> yeah. really don't have a life, and you just they're not going away. You can't say your comments hurt me. You can't say oh well, you know you have like Barry, what's his name, Barry McHouse to say well I I keep upsetting yeah. all these people. I got to stop. No, they're they're gonna keep at it. So that's why I think the yeah. best thing I really learned in 2020, especially, is how important it is to be your biggest fan. And well, as long as you have that and know you are good enough and I can do that and I will put up with all the abuse I'm going to get, then maybe it is for you. And as long as you remember that, remember those on those really shitty days, it's yeah. all going to pan out. And especially when opportunities come, because it is so hard to find them, but know that you're good enough to qualify for them. And yeah, that ice sure. will I mean, eventually break. No, definitely. I mean, you know, I work with some pretty big with guys who have, you know, 100,000 followers and, you know, they're, they're, they're former athletes who were the kings and of their mm-hmm. schools and stuff like that. And, you know, you work with them in media, right? And then, like, sometimes they just get ripped. And it's <laughs> funny to see, not funny, but it's, it's interesting to see, like, these guys who have had it for forever, right? And, you know, no matter where they walk, they're noticeable and, like, and you have some guy on there who's maybe living in his mother's basement, like mm. <laughs> just you know doing whatever, upset because it's COVID, just ripping on them. And it's just like funny to be like you know sitting there and be like, "What's this guy? What? Like how how could he think that?" And you're like, "Damn, man! Like those <laughs> are reality. Like, but it's 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 still cool to to see all that type of stuff just even happen. But yeah, you just see you gotta you gotta have a strong mind if you want to be a media no matter what. And, uh, to all the, the young kids who are coming out for mass communication majors and all that type of stuff. Like it's all about just like getting internships and, and, and being like on top of that type of stuff and, and, and creating relationships. Like that's really what it is and becoming a live LinkedIn. Like I always think like people rely on LinkedIn a lot and it is a great tool. Don't get me wrong, but like it, it, it could get you so far if like your personality is not what it basically says on LinkedIn. And that's one thing I think kids need to start realizing is just like realistically, like your profile or whatever, is not going to get you a job. Like you yeah. showing up to the interview and like talking and, and having all those things ready and not, and just being a normal human being is one, it's, it's just the most important thing to go forward with. And that's why you don't think of yourself when you're a candidate as a number, think of yourself as the individual that will slide in, you know, you're going to get, if I'm interviewing, you're getting, Matt Brown. And, you know, one question when they ask and um, like in common answer, tell me a little about yourself. And a lot of people will 
you know, they'll say, they might review their resume they already have. I, I got called out on that once in the middle of an interview. And that, you know, that was awkward at the set time. But ever since I got that, it's like, you just told me your resume. What about you? And like the way I would answer that, you know, I'm a focused, goal-oriented human being who has a great opportunity in front of him and knows what he wants with this opportunity and he's ready to put his best foot forward or, you know, something like that and definitely not try to make it stage or anything, but they want to know who are you. And like, again, most of the times just say, Hey, I'm, you know, talk about yourself. I'm Matt Brown and this, that, and the other. And one thing I learned when it comes to all the candidates that a lot of the time it is judgment decisions Would you have similar resumes and stuff like that. And you really just have to hit them on a level and it may work it may work, it may not work, but just know that you're good enough to fit in and no, for sure. recognize yeah, that. If, if, you, if you're supposed to be there, you're supposed to be there, right? So like the interview process should be easy. Um, you know, if you ever go home from an interview and you're like, damn, I was challenged, like there most likely is not. Like if you go home from an interview, it was like, you know, that was easier than, than I thought it would be, then you have a better chance. Easily. Um, so you know, you have to have that personality. And, you know, I, I, I always say this to a lot of like communication majors, like that I know who I went to school with a lot of people who, you know, are still looking for their first job in communications were people who didn't speak in class. Uh, it's communication. Like that's literally <laughs> the name of uh, major. So what do you have to do? Communicate. Like you have to open your mouth. Like you have to, you have to be that annoying person. Sometimes you have to, um, because that's what the older generation wants, right. Who are currently the bosses and, and things like that. I, I think over time, eventually, especially with COVID, we've yeah. seen that other forms of communication are maybe even better, um, without having interpersonal stuff and everything online to that. But for the next, I don't know, five years, it's not going to be the way it is. So it's all about just adjusting and, and, and having that, that positive mindset of just like, Hey, it might not be now, but it might be later. And, Absolutely. uh, what, what are the goals that I'm going to make to, to get it there, you know, um, and be okay with being, being, you know, just knowing that media is not easy. It's not, it's, it's, no, it's, it is. It's, it's, that's, that's just the biggest thing to know. And like, it, it's not easy for the best people, you know, people, the people at the top complain about the industry. Everyone is, it's, it's, it's not for everyone. It's a great industry to be a part of once you're in it, but it ain't for everyone. It ain't for everyone. And how people also get ready with those things as well. And I totally, I can't agree. I can't agree more with you, man. And n- you just have to know, like I said, you just have to get ready for the big storm that's coming. And there is a huge payoff when it works out. And it's worth going through all these um, various opportunities. And it is okay to, um, you know, when it comes to like failure per se, or if the opportunity doesn't work out, you didn't necessarily lose or you failed out. It just went in a different direction. You could really grow stronger for that. Like I said, that interview with the guy called me out right away. And now I'm more prepared and not nervous at all when that question is asked. And they just really want someone human at the day. Don't want to be very showy. You don't, you just, they just want you and and they'll trust and everything really does happen for a reason and fits like a gov when it's meant to be. And yeah. And even in the times in between your opportunities, grow yourself in other ways. Like, again, that's why I made this podcast in the, 
for that very reason to keep communicating with people to keep editing with the adobe both audition and premiere um writing and staying on social media those all those little aspects and then it will be as easy as telling your your interviewer your name or wherever you wind up just always be prepared just always be prepared Oh yeah, Maddie. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, you've, you know, another aspect too is just like if you want to be in media as well, it's just like it, it is important to be in major markets. Um, you know, you could do. I, listen, I, I don't know too many people who have gone this road, and, the, and there are, but you know, if you need to start at the local local side of it and, and work your way up, but you know, another side is, is if you can be close to a major market. Um, that's just the best way and in, in that then that's where they have most opportunities um you know obviously you being close to boston and new york mm-hmm. um is massive for you and, and and most people in our general area but you Definitely. know a lot of kids who i'm like god damn and if you're in the middle of texas or oklahoma or <laughs> you're west like, virginia or something you know you got it you got to just eat if you really want to go down that path, you got to go to a major market. So be lucky if you, if you're from this area, right. You know, um, take well advantage of that because so many people wish it could just be simply born <laughs> where we were. Right. Um, and have yeah. the opportunity to get trained into New York city, you know, not have to drive five hours or whatever like that. So yeah, take advantage of just being in a major market. If you are in one and you want to be in media. Yeah, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. You know, I really think more people are decent than people give credit to. And they will. Um, people are genuine to help them out because they know exactly what it's like to be in your position. We do need, it is about who you know, not what you know. And someone will be there for you, your, your special angel and or your guardian angel or your mentor. And just the point of staying in touch, you know, don't go too crazy on them. But, you know, keep your references, emailing them once a month, telling them I'm doing this, that and the other. And, and they'll remember you as long as you make a, a genuine impact and just be most of all, just be a good person to them beyond your what's on your resume and your skills. It's just it's just. We can't go anywhere without being a good person with it. And we might not always get what we want, but as long as we're kind and work hard, good things will happen. No, for sure, Matty boy. For sure, Matty boy. What's good in Connecticut? How's everything else been, man? Yo, Connecticut, you know, we're really hitting that fall season. Oh, hell uh, yeah. Sweater have, weather's coming through. Yep, yep. We have the glue, the leaves, almost all of them are go- have fallen. I I raked leaves uh, this past weekend. I I have, you know, still a little bit here and there coming in in and out of the city still to check in and waiting for opportunities. But you know, it's a it's a ghost town in Midtown, uh, yeah. pretty much. And it's really only residential sites have places, and you just got to be careful because some are hit more than others. But besides that, sure. people, we're going to our pumpkin patches. We're uh, we're drinking our Sam Adams Fall <laughs> Angry Orchards. Really enjoying yeah. it, and I, uh, I don't take granted for. Oh, I don't take the fall for granted, especially here. It's just you know no, how definitely. sports just suck. Both football teams are disgraces. Definitely want to get into that a little later, mm-hmm. but besides getting through that, it's it has been a nice and relaxed time, even in the Cobra world. How about Los Angeles? What's going on over there? You might might be a World Series to celebrate in a few hours. Yeah, what's the score right now? I was trying to see. Is it? I know they were down one nothing last yeah. time I checked. 
but yeah, I mean, it would be pretty sick if if both teams won. I mean, obviously with COVID, yeah. uh, they're not having parades or anything like that. Um, and, you know, you can't really go to bars. I mean, mm-hmm. there are open up bars and stuff like that uh, to watch the games. And they've been pretty loud, but it's obviously just not the same as, as if it would be. It would be normal. And I'm like, damn, like, I would have had that. Like, maybe yeah, too, with like, the Lakers and the um, Dodgers winning weeks at, weeks apart from each other. What it would be have been better crazy. Than I know, I know. But, yeah, everything's been good here, man. I mean, it, it was a hot summer, and, like, now uh, it's finally starting to cool down. You know, wake up, it's probably, like, 55, and then it will heat up to, like, 70. But, yeah, oh, no. But it's, like, the biggest mm-hmm. thing is the difference. It's, like, everyone's, like, okay, like, if I lived in California, I would never get cold. Okay, it gets cold here. I promise yeah. you, I'm the most northeast person ever <laughs> I, through and through. But it literally does get cold here um because it's drier air right so yep. like like and the temperatures drop like 40 degrees out of nowhere um and you just have to be prepared, prepared for it and like you have to have like a pretty much consistent like clothing on all day long because they will just drop and go up and down and you can get stuck in being too hot or too cold um but it's been cold it you know i that's the one thing i miss about home so much right mm-hmm. this time of the year new york city i mean is like so beautiful and oh, pretty much i mean incredible. every day here is the same every once in a while we'll get a few cloudy days but no <laughs> rain no nothing like it will be sunny at one point throughout the day so it kind of gets a little groundhog day ish right or you're like damn i just want a little like different consistency in weather um but guess what? I'm not going to be saying this and plenty about this in like two months when it starts snowing and you guys are oh, up and I'm like, and they're, and they're I'm saying good, they're saying we're in for a treat. A lot of snow is coming apparently. Oh, Who do whoever really? you believe? With yeah, that. I feel like they say that every year. I feel exactly. like they say that every year. So, you know what I mean? It's been pretty mild for the last couple of right. years. So it's been a little warmer for late October. You know, you blame you know, if you want to blame whatever if you whether yeah. it's the climate change or whatever things changing it's it's a little but i like i but we still have a lot we've been getting a lot of rain it's we've had some gloomy fall days sun came out today and yeah it's just a matter of a few days and all these are gone and uh we're gonna look at some pretty naked trees for a few months and get through this winter and hopefully we make progress we're closer to the end of the pandemic as we get through this for winter sure, so How's yeah. how's it been adjusting with that in LA in a COVID world going on? I mean, we're still pretty shut down. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's definitely a massive change of before March to now. Um, you know, it's 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 opened up a lot of sores to the city, unfortunately. Um, you know, one thing when when people come out here, it's 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 pretty obvious that we have a massive homeless issue. Yeah. Um, but during the pandemic, it only got worse. That's sad um, here. It just became it, yeah. It, it really has been, and that's like the biggest thing for me with the pandemic. Obviously, like obviously, you know, not being back and having normal society, and all that type of stuff. But you know, like New York City, man, like not as many people are out and the only people who are really out and who are extremely obvious are just homeless people. And that's like one thing that this city has just been like, wow, like they, it's, it's, it's a massive, it's a bigger issue than we thought because when you're, when you're doing everything right, normal society, everything's going on, you kind of, you know, you don't, you, you can't ignore it, but you kind of just go past it a lot more easier than now. Um, 
so that's one thing with that Los Angeles has been I'm struggling with, but you know, it's still a very positive city. It's still a very, you know, young and energetic and beautiful city. So, you know, I feel like, you know, a, a lot of uh, Los Angeles and have, have gotten through it the best we can. I mean, we have the ability to go outside and, you know, do activities and stuff like that and compared to a lot of other things. And that's one thing I'm just so nervous about, man. I mean, we, we, the pandemic hit in what March. So the weather was getting a little bit nicer and people could go outside more, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I'm nervous for a, the cold part of this country when, yeah, when, when it gets to that in November, December, you know, February, I mean, dude, it's, it's going to be miserable. And that the mental aspect of everything is something that I worry about. Um, not just the physical sickness of coronavirus, the mental aspect of people who even didn't even have it. Um, and I think that's something that we need to be talking about like ASAP. Um, because no matter who you are, how much money you make, how successful you are, how unsuccessful you are, whatever, this this thing was hard on every single person, everyone in some weird way or aspect of it. It wasn't positive. No, it, if it was, and you're very lucky that you had yeah. a positive Corona pandemic, right? That's the, that's most the people didn't. Deep most words. people didn't, and um, that's one thing that I'm really really concerned about is the mental aspect of our of our country after this um from every single race every single sex every single age group is affected kids i'm I'm nervous about kids nervous about kids nervous about how this is going to affect the next five years of their lives is it going to not having the correct schooling for kids who had either social or learning disabilities god it could set them back years you know um in the future, right? And we just need to figure it out um, from every single thing and, and just vote and, 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 and hopefully November 3rd, whatever you're leaning is going to lean to whatever side that you want. But, you know, just remember I'm, to just give your very, I'm very nervous about this, very nervous about the mental aspect of, uh, of what's going to happen after we get out of the pandemic. Cause I think we will get out of it. I think we will, but what's going to happen after, you know? And we have what is going to happen with, like you mentioned, the restaurant industry. There's, there's going to not be a lot of people who have the patience to stay out in a freezing cold, in the freezing cold winter in the streets of New York or anywhere, any of our cities, New York, Philly, D.C., uh, Boston. I mean, I, there's some people trying to create as authentic tense as possible, make it warm, but... Who knows how if they could put up with yeah. that? Um, one heater go one heater goes down. You know, it's it's it goes from being you know I don't know comfortable seventy two degrees to fifty nine, and you got people in there, and you know what you guys said. Yeah, that that that's really tough, and a lot of these industries have survived just simply because of the weather. Yeah, but I, I, that's gonna change. So you're so right about that, Matt. It's 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 another scary thing about it for sure. And you know, for other people trying it, whether you're like you said, production worlds, we had the theater industry still out until May. And who knows if they're going to make it there? How are you going to adjust the seating ranges with that and all that industry, both for crew and the cast? Uh, we have. You know, we're going to see how much of adjustment of sports. seems that none of the sports are going to start on time, at least with basketball and hockey. It's amazing the NFL trying to do their 
pulling off and we're seeing some more um conferences start i mean your pack 12 is starting this weekend am i right yeah yeah uh we're starting uh we're starting the week of november 2nd so november 7th will be our first saturday back okay um but yeah we were the last power five to start um I think for obvious good reason. I mean, if you look at where we were in, in, in the country when it comes to college football, right? Um, a, you know, we, a, we, we couldn't do it. We don't – a lot of people in college football just don't realize there is no college football team in New York City other than Columbia. Columbia is the yeah. only football team that plays in New York City that's a, a Division One team, right? In Los Angeles, we have two. And if there was, was a mid, yeah, and if if we if there was a team in New York City, they'd be like, no way, how could we pull this off? You know, if like let's just say you know Syracuse was located in New York City and like they had a big following, all that type of stuff, right? They'd be like, no way. But the rest of the country doesn't look at it like you know exactly Los Angeles does. We couldn't do it. It would be impossible. We have kids being sick every single day from practice. It, it just wouldn't. So I, I think I, I think it's a good idea that we waited as long as we could just because of our geological location. Um, and the Pac-12 wouldn't be able to survive without UCLA and USC. So we had, you- they had to do it, and they they handled it the best they could. Yeah, and, you know, definitely hope they can – it's going to be all conference games, like eight straight conference games. Yeah. And, okay. And, you know, another thing is also college recruitment, whether you're an athlete or whether you're getting – trying to get – you know, I have my youngest brother who, mm-hmm. who's having an amazing – first he has to go from tackle full, tackle 11 on 11 to 7 on 7 touch. You know, you can only recruit so much with a completely different game. But he still, you know, out of four games, he has 14 touchdowns and over 1,400 yards for that. Mm-hmm. And he's really proud with there. And he's just doing his best with as many recruiters could get out there and seem really trusting HUD huddle and um yeah I, mean, also- I i think i think when it comes to that a, a lot of coaches obviously have to adjust i mean you know they're they're the way they're going to evaluate you know juniors or let's just say sophomore to seniors right now like the way you evaluate is it's it there's no really book on how to do it um yeah and so, so many be, states it's not necessarily are- a guess but i mean i guess you, you, listen man you, you could see a kid's arm strength and you could see a kid's decision making from seven on sevens um i think i think there should be a more advanced um way of doing seven on sevens with someone actually rushing the passer. Yeah. Um, Because I think that's going to make a lot of, you know, decisions um, for the passer in the way that you're going to be thinking completely different. And also the Um, rusher too. But the rusher too. Yeah. Of course like that. I mean, you get, let's just say you have a kid, you do a two on two offensive line versus defensive line and you go from there, you know, you want to try to bring the numbers down as, as much as possible. Um, but I think your brother. I mean, I watched a couple of uh, videos of your brother. He definitely has a good arm, and he's accurate. I mean, you could totally tell that. Um, so I think so. I mean, it's it's, it's someone's going to take a chance no matter what. I think. Yeah. I, I, so was he a senior or a junior? Yeah, he's going to be a senior, and I, I'm very excited for he's him. He's going to be a senior, or is he oh, senior he, now? He's he's currently a senior now, and he's currently a senior now. Okay. And one of the things, one of his most underrated aspects for a high schooler is he's very calm in the pocket, even mm-hmm. pre. Even even pre-COVID when it was 11 on 11, he, as you said, keeping that accuracy and keeping his eyes open, it's it's just tougher because he's 6'2", 
And, you know, a lot of his receivers are 5'8". That's a big kid. Yeah, and a lot of his receivers are 5'8". So even he's still managing to somehow fit it in those windows for them to make some yards for him. It's it's interesting. And at the moment, they're planning to hopefully have a short spring season, you know, in March, April, and hopefully full pads on again and they can get – and gets just so many eyes with that, and I'm sure they'll, you know, adjust deadlines regarding. Is he going to a lot of like showcases and stuff like that, or, or yep. anything along to that? Okay. He went to four. He went to one in Fordham. He went to one in Springfield. So um, he's still he's still holding his own, and you know he has a personal quarterback trainer who trains a lot of the uh, quarterbacks all around the conference, Fairfield County, UFC at, and. Um, yeah, that's probably big too. That's big too. Just having you know someone who knows what he's talking about giving advice to, uh, or, or his opinion to these coaches because that's a lot of things in the, the recruitment world too. Is it's not just you know what the kid's physical ability on the field is. There's a lot. There's a lot of politics that go into recruiting, right? And there's a lot of opinions that go into recruiting on writers of kids and and stuff like that who could make it or break it. Um, of an athlete. So, you know, I, I, he probably has a lot, he has a lot of right ingredients to get recruited. Um, I mean, we, we, that's another aspect of the job that we deal with, right. Mm-hmm. When we're, we're, we're getting right to March madness kind of, but it's not really heating up that much of basketball and football's over. It's just like the recruitment aspect of college sports. It's, it's such a massive industry. Um, yeah, I was getting recruited. I didn't even realize what was going on because that's just the beauty of recruitment is just, you're just along for the ride and you're just saying <laughs> yes and taking taking visits and all that type of stuff and it's fun um but yeah the recruitment industry is that's another side of college sports that before i got to the college side i was like whoa i had no idea about this world really when i came to like d1 d2 kids yeah that's um i also that's probably the one aspect I mean, you know, love all sports as same as you. And that's like the one aspect is seeing scouting for college specifically. The only one I really see is last chance you. And, you know, that's very nuanced. I love that show. Oh, man, I'm excited. (laughs) They're doing basketball next. So. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. That's a good, that's a great idea, honestly, because you get some probably really funny good characters on that episode like last season in Oakland my god I love the Oakland season I think that was my favorite one I mean I love I've actually had coach um coach Brown on my show a couple times no way how Uh, was he he's the man he's the man the nicest guy in the world I mean obviously what he did I do not support at all but Mm -hmm. uh you know sometimes that happens with guys in media and you know but um you know, he was great. Fire to have opinionated. Awesome. Just what you want. Um, just what you want. I mean, he, he's, he's a very interesting guy. He's from California. So he had a couple kids uh, from his team from Independence College in Kansas um, that were playing on a few Pac-12 uh, teams. So we had this kid last year, uh, Kawhi Dang. Uh, I'm, I'm, his last name is Dang. Dang, um, like D-A-N. D- like Dang. Uh, yeah, oh, like dang, like Luau, like NBA player Luau. Yeah, L E L E N G. He's uh, he's like a six foot six foot eight middle linebacker at Cal. This kid is Shit. a freak of nature, and he played for Coach Brown, and uh, yeah, we had him on just to really talk about him. And but I mean, this guy gave us so much insight to just like the world of recruiting from you know the junior level. Um, 
it's it's uh, that's a whole other world too, junior football um, around the country, um, and how all that type of stuff works. Um, but yeah, yeah, so Coach Brown, I I, I love Jason Brown. He's a good he's he's a great guy to me personally. But once again, I'll just put on the record. I mean, hey, <laughs> I, that 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 shit was crazy what he did. I mean, there's no excuse for that. But I think I think I think he'll get another chance. I think he's that good of a coach. I think he has a great scheme, and I think he could recruit kids really really well. Um, you know, if I'm a D3 school, uh, I would take a shot on him, to be honest with you. If, if I had the opportunity to hire someone, I would. You know, I think people... Why not? What do you have to lose? It. Rick Pitino's coming back. He's going to Iona. And exactly. That. So, exactly. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I mean, just being outspoken now is, is you know, obviously looked down upon um, and a risk. But, you know, at the end of the day, people do make mistakes. And if you can coach football, you can coach football. That's what it is. But again, those W's at the end of the day, no matter what. <laughs> So, I mean, uh, Urban Meyer's about to get uh, hired again. You think so? You think he's coming back? 100%. 100%. I think Texas is going to hire him. Texas. Think he could turn it around, get those, like, old Mac Brown days? 100%. There's only, I mean, I think I, I, coming in the, out of the Pac-12, I want USC to hire him. I mean, I think Clay Helton's a great coach at USC, and he's one of the nicest guys I've worked with. Um, but Urban Meyer would turn the program completely around. Like for yeah, for they, either USC or Texas, or, or they, Texas, you, they've it's been a long it. time since they've been a had a strong presence in 2005. Yeah, so, was yeah. one of their last winning seasons. I mean, and they, they played they against each other in the national championship once. They did, <laughs> really. Yeah, I mean, that's Vince Young, Mac Line, Vince Young, and Matt Liner. It's pretty much where we saw both programs kind of just decrease. Um, it's interesting how that works, huh? Yeah, it, it is. Um, two power bloods. I mean, they survived. I mean, Texas has the most money in college football. They have their own network. I mean, they 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 are <laughs> they they have so much money, so they will survive just because they have the funding. Um, yeah. They just need to keep their recruits. It's and it, I think it's it comes down to the same exact problem uh, at both schools. They can't keep the local talent at the schools anymore. Every kid, listen, I've been to a couple high school games in, in California at the speed of high school football here is night and day compared to where we're from. And I'm sure in Texas, the power is night and day where we're from. What the problem is those kids are going to schools all over the country, other than UCLA, USC, in Texas, they want to go everywhere else. They want to go to Bama. They want mm-hmm. to go to the SEC. They want to go and to any SEC to get some love. Of course, because you go to the SEC, and you play. Yeah, for yeah, exactly. You're the Big Twelve. Or if you're an offensive star, you're going to go run out routes the entire time. It's going to be the air raid. So, you know, the Pac-12. But the Pac-12. Get the, listen, and another problem that the Pac-12 has is is it's just on too late. Listen, I'm out yeah. here watching the games. They're great games. They're, uh, they're there's so much drama in them. They, every single game, for the most part, is is maybe one score game. Unfortunately, people are just asleep because it's a Saturday. People are drinking all yeah. day. People don't want to stay up. So what the Pac-12 needs to do, and I think, and they're starting it this year, and they're going to start games earlier. So we're going to have a nine o'clock start time Pacific. That's um, great. They yeah, need to and show and, eyes on the East Coast. And exactly. they have good players coming out of the Pac-12. You know, Justin Herbert for Oregon. He played in Oregon. I was killing it with the Chargers. He's unbelievable. Juju, Juju Smith, Juju. Juju USC guy killing. We all know what he's doing in with the Steelers, and I mean, like you said, the talents there. They come out. It's just about getting those eyes. I mean, Aaron Rodgers played for Cal, so 
And Sam Darnold, I mean, Jeff. listen, you, you Jet fans, Jet fans, listen, they might not want to hear this. I know you're not, but I – Oh, for I, the I, Jet fans. Yes, yes, you were saying. Uh, Sam Darnold's not the problem. He isn't. He's an nope. unbelievable football player. Like, if you get if you get some guys around him, he's going to change things. I saw – so I, I covered him my first year when I was out here. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the truth. He makes plays that you're like, an NFL vet wouldn't have made that decision right there. The kid is really, really good. He just needs a chance. Uh, but let's he's... talk about the real team that that matters in New York. Who oh technically, technically, Matt, listen, I, I, as a Giant fan, obviously the, the the L's are hurting. The L's are hurting. It's been a long time, year after year. These L's. We've haven't yeah, made I the know. playoffs since 2016. And we've just seen a mess. But I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You were saying? All I'm saying is that we're not out of games. We're in every single game. Especially and with how bad our division is right now. We're in every single game. Um, you know, it's one or two penalties that sometimes aren't our fault. That, you know, I think we technically could have like three wins right now if it wasn't for penalties and, and weird judgment calls where you're going to call a holding call a minute 35 to go. When the, you know, why you, why aren't you calling that same holding call that happened with 13 minutes to go? So it's a couple of weird things like that. Obviously, the interceptions need to go down mm-hmm. completely with Danny. And those fumbles. Fumbles and, but you know, I, we're, we have leads in games. You know, it's not like we're like the Rams game. I thought we looked terrible. That was pretty much the worst game that we've played. Um, but you know, they're still young. But I, I think I like the I like the way we're building. Um, and I don't think we're that far off. I, I, I truthfully believe it. And I'm a Giants homer, obviously, for many reasons. But. Um, you know, I, I I truthfully believe we're not that far off. I'm I'm not that hopeless. I'm I'm really not. I, I this weekend or this this Monday night is gonna be a test. Um, oh yeah. We for some reason have always played the Buccaneers well, no matter what. And I I'm huge. <laughs> I, I listen. I get it's a different team and it's Tommy Brady and then possibly fucking Brown will be on the team. Mm-hmm. Listen. I'm a fan of history. I'm a fan of looking at things. I'm a fan of all that type of stuff when it comes to picking winning games. And if you look at the Giants' history against the Tampa Bay Bucks, we do not lose to them. Um, so have that in mind. That's all I'm saying. Yo, don't forget, we beat the Bucks in the playoffs uh, during our Super Bowl, Super Bowl run. We yeah, beat, we did. Um, dude, I Jeff actually – Garcia. Yeah. <laughs> I actually agree with you. You know, I had my rant on, my po- on one of my podcasts before – and all I and I really do believe, though I do think things need to change to get those final W's. But we really aren't. We're in these games. We do have some players prospering. Whether you're James Bradbury, looks like so he's probably Gettleman's best pickup. Uh, Blake Martinez has slid in and shows that he's a legit linebacker in this league. Logan Ryan was who. He just signed with the team right before we started at the end of training camp, and he's really been contributing as a defensive back. You know, mm-hmm. then we have, you know, you don't do see things that. Um, I think Jabril, I think Jabril, I yep. think Jabril is great. Um, defensively, we just don't have a edge pass rusher. Like, that's our missing X factor on that side of the ball. Um, you know, I think Gettleman, I think Gettleman has made – better decisions than bad um 
And the biggest example I have of that is just simply Dwayne Haskins. Oh, yeah. If, if I'm Dave Gettleman, if I'm Dave Gettleman and I have Giants fans going at my neck, whatever, I just say Dwayne Haskins. Because that's I think really... every football, every single football fan, to a blind eye football fan, that's why I like to call people blind eye football fans. People <laughs> don't watch film, or people don't like understand if you say what's a Tampa two defense, yep. how many linebackers are dropping, and 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 uh, okay, uh, four Cannot two. What name, does that mean? Like, yeah, yeah exactly. Name, they can't get they can't get formations right. They can't. Um, they don't know what play actions are. They don't exactly. Know what so a lot of those type of fans are the ones who are just like drafting teams on Madden and <laughs> going from there, right? Okay, and don't really understand what a salary cap is, and nope. you know know how to really put a scheme together um and i would just say Dwayne haskins because to the blind football fan Dwayne haskins was the pick right um and i'm telling you if 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 they did if they didn't draft jones at six then the redskins or any other team would take him up in one second he would have been drafted first so i'm gonna start there um i'm also gonna start with saquon he dropped the saquon yes he did Okay, that's a risky move. And, you know, the only thing that it, now we're coming back is like, all right, he drafted running back, he got injured. <sighs> how is he going to return off of that? Okay, that's one thing. But after the last, well, how many seasons Saquon has played? He's a phenomenon. Phenomenon. I mean, he, he and that's an extremely smart move. So I think you give Gettleman at least one more draft with this coaching staff. And then that's when you make a decision. Um, and, and you can't judge any football team off of this coronavirus year you you can and the the champion of this league is going to be a champion that is well deserved and every other team has has had to struggle with it and the giants i mean another thing too is like you know what titans have been doing great and all that type of stuff but i I applaud all the gms and all the organizations who haven't had any positive tests or haven't done anything online to that and those are a lot of coaches and gms who don't have a lot of wins and at the end of the day that's really what what is more important right where you have more control of your team of just being like listen if you go out you're gonna affect all of us right now right like my father works in that building he has nothing to do with the team you, you making a decision right could affect everyone in this building so i applaud a lot of those players and a lot of those teams and gms who are, are controlling their teams right that's where we need the leadership right now that's really more important getting a football win right so and those those things go back all the way back to the top not just to the maris and tissues but it goes right to gentlemen um and right to joe judge so i, I applaud a lot of those coaches and from that aspect really no i you were getting insanely, insanely great points, especially when it comes to the decision-making. And, you know, the big things between the, our counterparts, the Jets, and us is that, yeah, we keep our – I know the record doesn't look like it, but we are competitive in the games with the exception of the Rams game that looked bad, mm-hmm. even though we did almost somehow only lose by yeah. possession. And exactly. then the 49ers, the 49ers game, that was just that – that's was just up, one of yeah. those things. We'll just let that go. But – Held our own against the Steelers, who might win the AFC the way they're playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Bears, the most unique, the most unique uh, six and one team. And yeah. uh, but that's 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 you know that's for another day. How there, but we still played well against them. We you know we know what happened with Dallas, and I think. With, you know, obviously not only the the Dak injury and Andy Dalton showing his old self, but I mean the fake punt. I mean, sorry, the fake field goal for a touchdown, and then it gets pulled back on a dumb holding call. Like what? 
Well, it's yeah, just, I mean that 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 call almost happens on every single play, right? Yeah, Especially right. With the center with the center position, it's it's the center position is always technically going to be offsides because he's the first person moving, yeah. and it's always technically going to be an illegal shift no matter what. So when they called that, that one play, I mean I, that that call back, I, I turned the team because I was like. That's that, that's almost impossible how they're going to call that because they're going to have to call that on every single play going yep. forward if you're going to make that decision right there. And you did. The Giants would have won that game technically right by a touchdown, right? Yeah. Yep. So, if that wasn't called, we would have at least won by a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, and then you go back last week, uh, you know, a couple penalties off the board. Uh, you're going to call interferences at the end of the game out of nowhere uh, for the Eagles and, 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 and all that type of stuff. So, yeah. That one it, that one hurt the most was that Eagle loss. And we all know the Evan Ingram, uh, Evan Ingram drop that led to an interception. And then we know what happened. Yeah, bro. And, but, you know, that game watching – <laughs> I was just watching so many just a little incompetent on both sides, you know, seeing seeing dumb two yard runs, seeing balls fall right through the hands. Um mm. that's the one thing our division is making things open. And well, you know, now I I thought that uh the Cowboys would honestly run away again with Dalton, but now they're bringing in the third string from James Madison. I can't think of the guy's name at the moment, but um, yeah, that's gonna be interesting to say the least. So I mean, we could always be the boys, but yeah, you know. and it seems like the Mike McCarthy decision starting to backfire more internally. So I mean, it's drama in Jerryland <laughs> all, <laughs> all the time. Man. So yeah dude it's it, as a giant fan it could be a lot worse than it actually looks and there's still a lot of season left there's still a lot of football to be played a lot of weird yep. things to happen so i have to just ask with, with just a couple more points with this you know andrew thomas so far so good reckon he's just a rookie and um mm-hmm. there's plenty to adjust yeah are you concerned about him do you think he should maybe go maybe more transfer to a guard do you think um you know out of those three though he out of the big four that came out of the draft he seems to um he's still finding his graphs do you think that he he could be fixed um yeah Hainsworth was it wasn't good at starting now he's a hall of famer on his way so it, it can be adjusted for sure um I mean, I think I think playing tackle, uh, no matter what side of the ball you are co- coming from the college side to the NFL, was one of the hardest transitions you could have in sports. Um, yep. The only other hard in football, I think, obviously the quarterback position, right? That's that's it's very hard to translate, right? A completely different game. Tackle, you're going against grown men who literally run four four sixes and could mm-hmm. bench. Three ninety and are just physical freaks from start to finish, right? Yep. Um, and you have guys who will move you, right? Like when I came from high school to college, I couldn't believe how hard it was and just how fast it was. So I think the first year of ever judging a rookie tackle mm-hmm. um, is almost impossible. So the big year, big year for me for him will be next year to see how much he improved in the offseason, how much bigger he got, how much faster he got. Um, and that's when you start judging people. Um, another thing, too, that, that that doesn't help him is not having Nate Solder in the yeah. locker room, right? You know, you have that veteran guy who's going to show 
you how to do it. Guy who's been around for the league for a while, who's who has obviously Bowls. been so many Super Bowls with the Patriots and just a great locker room leader guy that you want to have in your locker room. Um, so I, I think you give him one more year to judge. I, I, from what I saw, I mean, I, I paid a lot of attention to him in the Washington game, and I think he did pretty well against Chase Young. There's a couple. Yeah, that um, was that was a cool thing to watch. Yeah, so I, I watched that game very, very closely. I think he's an unbelievable run blocker. I like his pad level, pass blocking. You know, it's just an adjustment from just going. Yeah, that's know, where his um, weakness is. And he was in the SEC. He was in, you know, the best conference when it comes to defensive pass rushers and stuff like that. And that just says something about how much better these guys are in, in the, the, the yeah, next right. level in the NFL. So, um, you give him one more year. I mean, listen, uh, in the game against the Eagles in the fourth quarter, I mean, when the pressure was on, he he wasn't the same player that he was with confidence. So I think confidence is a big thing with him. Um, and once you get that going, it becomes a lot easier. But you know, that takes time. So I like to judge Lyman in year two um, and take it from there. But for, for my year one grade, I'll give him a C plus, B minus. And mm-hmm. I think that's pretty sufficient um, for anyone coming into the league at that high of a pick. Um, right. You know, I, I listen, uh, personally, I would have probably taken Makai Becton. Oh, yeah. He's the four. only good thing about the Jets this year. But here's the thing is you got a big guy like that. We're injury prone, right? Yep. Makai, well, he's out for the year, right? If I'm not mistaken. Makai Becton. Um, let me the, see the that big real tackle. Quick. Yeah, I think he got injured. So, you know, that was probably on his scouting report, right? When they were drafting him, like guy, you know, can't really like make it through all the types of stuff. If I'm not, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I thought he got hurt. Yeah, it says here, but he's, he's he will be back in this week, McBecton. So okay, so he got hurt last week. Okay, so you know, yeah, I mean, so he's, I, he'll be I, back for this week. He's a bully, and I think he's an NFL body, right? But, yeah, right. You know, sometimes those guys don't last. Um, so I would have taken him there. Um, yeah, you're either Eric Flowers but, uh, or Michelle Ferguson. <laughs> but here, you know, you look at a guy like Flowers who has a completely different career now with the Redskins. Yeah. Yeah, uh, he, with the Dolphins. He, yeah, he's on the, the Dolphins. Dolphins. He stepped up and he did it. He did do a position change. So he, he went to guard and, and, you know, he just adjusted like that. So, you know, it, it does take that type of time and stuff like that when it comes to linemen. And he's become one of the, I mean, listen, man, and that man's made so much money in his career, just always being a starter. So, um, yeah, it takes time and it takes, you know, you develop, you know, from when you're 20, what, what you, he's probably Thomas is what, 22, 23? Michael you know, Thomas is 20. Tw- Damn. Like, a young guy, so. You know, when he develops into like a, like a 24-year-old, like, yeah, give him that time. So it, it linemen take time. You, there's so many Quentin Nelsons in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, just dominant, and they're just animals, and just all they yeah, do is eat, drink football. That's that a rare thing. And he's the no. he. People think he'll go to the end, the Hall of Fame the way he's playing, and shit. I, I won't go that. But like you said, that's 100%. a rare breed. That's a very rare breed rare that doesn't breed. come in. And you know, one of the things Will Hernandez is one of our most underrated at. Um, Mm-hmm. Blockers playing the guard. He got his first penalty only this week, you know. 
Yeah, um, no, he, he's been great for us. I mean, you know, sometimes he makes some stupid mistakes, um, but guard is, yeah, for, for what we got in the second round with him, yeah. his value has been so much worth it. And listen, uh, hopefully we get lucky and we get the, the safety back, McKinney, yep. uh, who we drafted in the second round from Bama. I mean, that guy's a difference breaker on the field um, in coverage and everything on slots of that. And, you know, you can always uh, trust a Bama's defensive back. 100%. And a lot of the sacks that we've been getting, right, have been covered sacks where maybe the pass rush just hasn't been there, but our coverage has been decent enough with, with backups in sometimes. Um, so you add McKinney in, who is obviously an unbelievable blitzer and a defense back. Yeah, it, it could change a lot differently. And those are and those are just, you know, freak things that happen with injuries, right? And Gettleman just got unlucky with that. But listen. What's to say McKinney balls out this year? He's, he's he's interceptions left and right, turnups. That makes Gellman look like a superstar, right? Like, right. You're like, oh wow, there you go. So it's just, sometimes it's an injury away from from all that type of stuff from happening and everything like that. And you know, you know, you do. Oh, you trust Daniel Jones more long term? Do you? Uh, even though it's been. A tough season for him, and we can blame you. Can know you talk about the line has been hard to adjust with them. No more Saquon, and yeah. you know, do you still think to give him time? You know, may I ask, like, if we for some reason get into a uh, if we if we have to. Um, Pay for Trevor. No, pay for Trevor. Would you not tell? I don't want to take for Trevor in the sense that, because that just shows how much I don't want to. I don't want to have another high draft pick like that. But do you think if the opportunity presents itself, should we should we grab him or you want to maybe get a new? It's going to be a very wide receiver heavy draft, isn't it? So yeah, it, find his next have a, t- a ton of wideouts coming out. I mean, you have a guy that's going to pair up with Slayton really well. Um, and yeah. I think, listen, if we're in the top five, right, um, of next year's draft, the one player that I want on everyone's board right now, and he's not going to play this year, so we're not going to see him, but just watch. It's boring because what I'm going to say is you're like, oh, but I'm telling you this guy makes highlight tapes for offensive linemen insane mm-hmm. this guy's named Panay Sewell he's a tackle from Oregon Panay Sewell okay Panay Sewell the most athletic tackle I've ever seen play the game of football the nastiest tackle he plays tackle like he's a defensive lineman uh he basically okay. made he he basically brought Oregon as an offensive lineman to the Rose Bowl last year yeah. um, simply just because he, he, he hasn't ever given up a sack in his career. He's never had a holding call in his career. Um, now that's, he that's is a freak of nature. He's six, eight, and he's just a monster. He's a big old boy. Um, I would take him in one second, put him on the opposite side of Thomas. And that's your two tackles for the next 10 years. Um, that makes or breaks a team. Right, just having a good tackle play and having Daniel Jones be able to set up and throw. Because Daniel Jones makes really good decisions when he has clean pockets and timing. Daniel oh, Jones yeah. could get the ball in pretty much anywhere. He's very accurate. His problem is just decision-making, and his decision-making is based off of only having three seconds to throw the ball. 
Yeah, and make because people just nothing. sign in. Because he can't block, okay? So you got to break down of what everything, why he's throwing those interceptions, why he's making that weird decision, why he's on the run and throwing it. And if not, it's going to be third and 19 or take the chance of a 50-50 ball that's either going to fall to an interception or an incomplete pass. So, no, I don't I, – I personally would not take Trevor Lawrence. I mean, listen, we see a lot of these guys like Joe Burrow who has been playing well, mm-hmm. right? Um, but we've also seen a, a ton of different quarterbacks who have come out of big programs like Clemson, been the man of where they're at, have had dream offensive linemen, dream wide receivers, dream five-star running backs that they have, right? If you have all those things at your disposal – you're going to be really good. Okay. Let me put him on a team like the Giants or the Jets. Is Trevor Lawrence making those crazy plays and those crazy throws? Definitely. I don't know. I don't think so. You know, um, you know, he, he's playing. Look, we also have to realize he's playing. He, he has played well in the playoff games, right, against the big, big-time opponents in non-conference mm-hmm. games. But he's playing in the ACC. Yeah, he's playing against Georgia Tech. He's playing against. <laughs> he's playing against a like Maryland very bad and stuff like that. Eggs, uh, well, Maryland Big Ten. Well, no, though, like, sorry, that's Big Ten. But like, yeah, but but Syracuse and um, listen, the, those games just don't. They don't vibe. It, His only competition is Notre thing. Dame, and if that. Uh, yeah, I mean, pretty much. I mean, you got Duke, yeah, BC. You know, those kids are not going. A lot of those kids are not going to the NFL that he's been playing against for the last for like three years. So, I, you got it. You got to take out with the grain of salt. You have Daniel Jones, who has proven that he has at least shine that if you have a team around him that he could be a good NFL quarterback. He got big last offseason. He's only going to get bigger in year three. He's a smart guy. And he has the legs, too. Like we know, we know that 80-yard run. Technically, we, yeah. Even though – listen, Patrick Mahomes said he could he would it would be hard for him to make that. And he did technically have a, large, a better sprint than Lamar Jackson, just yeah. 0.2 miles per hour. So, you know – Really evaluating with you and really taking a hard look. I am willing to give him one more chance. And um, when we have when we have our guys back and we have um, a year developed with these linemen, and again, who knows where the divisions go in this year or next year? Why not? So, I mean, it. you know, you can only Daddy, go up from I mean, here after these years. Daniel, Daniel Jones makes that pass to Evan Ingram. We're talking about how good he is right now, right? Yep. That's. That's not Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones set that ball up and put it right in his hands, and he dropped it. Exactly. That's all Ingram's fault. I mean, so you got to blame it on someone. I mean, listen, you couldn't have done any better. Double coverage, put it on the outside shoulder, drop it in there. He makes that catch. We're 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 talking about actually how much potential Daniel Jones has, not how bad he is. That's one play right there. That it's not his fault. Um, Another amazing play that that Jones had in the other in the game the other day is he rolled out. Um, crossed his body and then found Shepard in the back of the end zone, like throwing it. Like I, I, I don't. They, they make it look so easy on TV, mm-hmm. but trying to do that right, go, running as full speed as you can to one side of your body, all everything on the right side, stopping and throwing back to the left on a bullet. 
try to do that in your backyard tomorrow, guys. Go see if you nope. can do that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, please try. Go do that while you have another six, seven, two hundred fifty thousand pound man running at you, <laughs> and you're gonna get crushed. Go do that, and. You know, that's just a lot of things I wish people just like took a second before they quickly judged and then just forget about the game that they just watched, um, you know, and just took away the, the, the biggest and worst plays. So that, yeah. that's just the, the type of fan that we, we need to all become better fans. That's something that I won't complain about. And, you know, we have that extra playoff team. You never know. Just never remember, know, we've, we've gone through <laughs> shit and we can only go up from here. But Danny... I had nothing but a great time here. We talked for almost an hour and a half. And, man, I uh, really appreciate this. I hope you want to come on again because these are are fun, and I just love chopping it up with you. So, Love chopping it up, Matty boy. It was good catching up, brother. Thanks for having me, man. I love you, dude. I'm so proud of the person you've become, and and our friendship is forever, man. I appreciate a guy like you, Matty Brown. Damn, I man, I I hold those words dearly, bro. And I love you. I am proud to see what you're doing, and I'm excited to see where you're going. I can't wait to have this again. And you know, once I get the chance with LA, you're the first person I'm hitting up. But before oh, then, yeah, catching waiting. up. We're waiting. Days. We're waiting, baby. We're waiting for you, brother. I'm ready. I'm ready if the, once the opportunity comes to me. So, all right, Danny. Thanks again for your time. You're the man. I'll call and I'll talk to you soon. Love you, brother. Good chat with you, my man. I love you too, Brody. I'll catch you soon. All right, bro. Peace. See you, dude. Nothing beats great podcasting and great radio. Well, we're not radio, but great podcasting like this episode. Danny, thank you so much for coming on. I literally can't wait to have you again because you have everything I wanted, I guess. You're just great to talk to, have amazing stories, relatable, and you're real. You're a real, genuine dude. So seriously, great job to Danny. And for the rest of the sh- rest of the week, we have a special episode tomorrow with another great man, Alex Young, my former radio partner at WSAM. We have amazing talks about sports. That's coming up tomorrow. Sports and more, I should say. I'll see you tomorrow with that. And then for the week of Thanksgiving... We're going to have a special episode on Monday and an episode and an episode on Wednesday. So be on the lookout for that. Besides that, be safe, be well, good night, good luck, and you know it. I love you all. And also, seriously, in the first month, we hit 300 downloads in the very first month of the podcast. Words can't describe how much that means to me. And we still have a lot of work to do. We have a lot of grinding to do. We have a lot. And I'm hungry. This is only the beginning. But for an early start to have 300 downloads in the first month, thank you to all my guests. And thank you to everyone who's tuned in to make it possible. Seriously, words can't describe my appreciation. This is only the beginning, though. We still have a lot of grinding to do. We still have a lot, a lot of things to develop and work on. And I'm extremely hungry. I'm ready to work, and I'm ready to entertain all of you. Thank you all for making it possible. And again, this is only the beginning. With that, good night, good luck, and I will see you all very, very soon. Tune in tomorrow. Peace! You're still here? It's over. Go home.
KACAU